Hello everybody and welcome back. It's episode two of what we're calling the late night Mike and I sessions. Episode two, recording this on April 9th. It's a Sunday evening and it's just after 9.30. Hope you guys had a wonderful Easter Sunday and wonderful first week of April. Um, the first episode I recorded. I didn't realize it. It was the evening or the, excuse me, really late night on April 1st. Missed an opportunity to have an April Fool's joke in there. But, oh well, missed opportunity as uh, I feel like I didn't have any good April Fool's joke experiences. Feels like, um, you know, obviously in comparison to when I was a younger kid in school, elementary, middle school, around that time I felt like everyone was playing, you know, April Fool's jokes. Not just the kids, obviously, amongst themselves, but teachers, principals, maybe jobs and billboards. I don't know. I just remember more stuff. Definitely listening to the radio station, uh, Kiss FM, and the people that were a part of those morning radio programs. Yeah, I'm just going down a whole little rabbit hole now because April Fool's Day was the week that I recorded the late night session, episode number one. But enough of the past. We're on to late night episode number two. So like I said, it's Sunday, April 9th. Just got done with Easter Sunday. Didn't do much today as far as family goes, but I did just get back from a a night drive that was very therapeutic. I know that there's a lot of things that guys, and not just guys, just in general, people do to kind of help wind down, whether it's, um, you know, reading, going to a park for a walk, a run. Sometimes it's a drive for me, and I feel like I haven't done that in quite some time. I was actually even hesitant, too, because... The time I left, I wanted to drive towards the beach, but it was also sunset time, and I, I had broken my sunglasses this week. So I was just like, damn, I'm going to be driving west and going to need sunglasses because I'm gonna be, the sun's going to be glaring into my eyes. However, I was able to manage. Once I got past a certain point to the overcast over here, the marine layer really kicked in, and there wasn't too much sun for me to worry about and stare into. So that was nice. That was nice. It was a really nice drive, nice therapeutic drive, and I thought it would be great to come home record a little episode, and then have a great start to the week. As I mentioned, still unsure of exactly how I'm going to format this and what this is going to be like from a timestamp wise, but also, you know, content where we're talking about week in and week out. Uh, just, you know, uh, I'm just using this as a space to get out these thoughts and ideas in my head. And I feel like because there's a lot worse things I could be doing, worse things I could be doing, worse is not a word. But there's a lot more bad I could be doing at this time in the evenings. And I feel like I need to make a change in my life. And I want to use this, my mic and I, and this podcasting platform as a change to stay inside. Maybe not go out and talk to people I shouldn't be talking to. Or, you know, getting drinks. Or just, you know, falling to different vices and temptations. So, yes, this is what I'm using this for. A couple things I obviously wanted to get into As I lay down a little bit of what's to come on this episode, this past weekend, well not this past weekend, this weekend, yesterday, we had a a 7-on-7 tournament. I coach for a club team and a high school level, and it's really fun. It's been a a good experience these past two years, really helped grow me a lot as a coach. But I'm going to talk about a particular incident and a story that I can uh, share with you guys from yesterday's performance, yesterday's tournament. Then I also want to go off of... Uh, the show Bel Air that I just started watching and uh, my feelings on it. And then, of course, last week I got to go visit my high school, the high school that I went to. Uh, the football team I coach for now had a joint practice slash scrimmage against my former high school. And uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. Just going to share some thoughts on what happened in that particular day as well. And, of course, as I mentioned, the first episode, I want to do a song of the week. I want to do an existential thought of the week as well. So that's what's to come on episode two. While you're at it, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast. Again, I'm Noah Alvarez. This is my Mike and I late night sessions, episode two. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returner, welcome back. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was Saturday's tournament. So on April 8th, we played at a tournament. For seven on seven high school level football, you know, seven on seven is honestly kind of crazy because when I was in high school, there was seven on seven and it was a big thing, but it was still done without what through the high school. 
there wasn't these club teams that have sort of popped up in the past, I would say, seven to eight years that I've seen. Maybe they were around uh, a little bit right after my time, but they just weren't as publicized. And now there's so many media outlets, photography, videography, other things that are just dedicated purely to seven on seven. And obviously now in the, the state of the world that we live in with the TikTok 15 second kind of capture uh, capture moments like that same thing with instagram reels literally the same cut and copy of the tiktok format just you know things that you could kind of highlight and cut up in 15 minutes or excuse me 15 seconds because that's what the intention span of the desired audience that these platforms are trying to reach to and you can you know 15 seconds may feel like a short amount of time but you can fit a good amount of stuff especially in sports highlights to really capture someone's attention and seven on seven definitely captures a lot of that i mean it's a lot of flashy you know, there's a lot of taunting. There's a lot of, yes, great catches, great throws, people slow mowing, you know, people uh, making great pass breakups or interceptions. But because of this, now that there is so much attention on it, well, it feels like a little bit of seven on seven is more performative. I know damn well a lot of these students and players wouldn't be acting like that if they acting the way they act here in these tournaments if they were playing for their high school team. But that's here f for another story, maybe a conversation a little bit later that we have. What I wanted to bring up in yesterday's tournament was, you know, I'm part of this team. I've uh, been part of this team for this is my second season, so I don't want to say two years, but it's two seasons, a full year if you're looking about calendar-wise. And um, it's been a really good experience, man. I'm getting to coach not only the high school kids, some of the high school kids that go to my high school, but high school kids from the area, Central Orange County, to be specific as well. So a lot of kids that I feel like had similar-ish backgrounds to myself, um, you know, undersized. We're not getting the five or the four or even the three or two stars. We're getting a lot of kids that uh, do love football, that do work hard, but they're just not going to be the recognizable names that you see on OC recruits or on those 24-7 recruiting type pages with a bunch of stars next to their name. That being said, we've done some tournaments. I feel like we do have a talented team this year, more talented than last year. I think more bought in, more commitment than last year's team, but that's besides the point. Yesterday, we go to this tournament in Baldwin Park, uh, the Pro Way uh, Mother's Day special. It wasn't a Mother's Day, but it was for the moms. They had a cool little sub thing that they were going, a theme that they were going with. And if you brought your mom, the students and the players could uh, take pictures with their moms. The moms would get roses. So it was really nice that they did that for them. However, just to go onto the play with the field, um, we were guaranteed three games with this tournament. It was a relatively cheaper tournament compared to some of the other ones we pay for. So that was nice. And so with this tournament, got off to a weird start because we were scheduled to uh, check in at 2.50. That's when the high school teams were supposed to check in. First high school games were going to start around 4. So that was originally what was told to us, you know, Thursday evening, Friday morning. Um, a lot of these things can be poorly ran, though, in my experience of coaching 7-on-7 seven seven football stuff. I, I, you know, I give them credit because I know it's a lot. You have to not only coordinate with all these different club teams, coordinate with the referees, field spaces, vendors if they're on the you know premise where you're holding this tournament. So I get that there's a lot, but sometimes these things can be really ran sloppy. And so we get there around 3 p.m., ready to check in as a team. And they're telling us they're about an hour behind schedule. So our first game was actually scheduled till 4.30. They said expect to play around 5.30. So the kids are there at 3 p.m. Some of them got there a couple, you know, a few minutes earlier too, around 2.40, 2.45. Kids are filing in already. And um, as high school kids do, and just any kid really, just they go restless. You know, and it was a, it was a weird start because, you know, we get there. We were like, oh, man, they're an hour behind. So now we're just hanging out there. And Baldwin Park is relatively far from where most of these athletes live, much far from where I live and the coaches live. So it wasn't really super convenient to be there that early as well. We could have, you know, maybe waited a little bit. Regardless, you know, there was a lot of inconvenience on it being so far behind. So we tried to set up shop as best we could. One of the coaches had an easy up. We pop up the easy up. And there's a reason I'm telling all this, too, because I feel like this plays into a factor on how we performed. But, you know, basically, you know, kids kind of, we told them, hey, like, you guys can kind of do your own thing. Like, obviously, don't leave if you, unless you really need to. Um, most of the kids, you know, got food at some of the, the food trucks that were there selling food on the premise. It was on the campus of Baldwin Park High School. 
Um, a couple of kids took a nap. A couple of kids relaxed, watched other football teams play. So this is the thing. It was an all-day tournament. They started with the eight and unders in the morning, and then progressively, you know, as the time got later and later in the day, they went up in ages. So we were watching about the 13U teams and the 14U teams, so middle school age level kids play in their tournaments and, uh, you know, watching some competitive games, especially on the turf field that Baldwin Park High School has. Um, but, you know, <laughs> time moves by really slow for that first hour and a half. Next thing you know, around 440, um, you know, we get an announcement on the PA system for the coaches to kind of check in and, and what times we're supposed to be playing. So it's time to start warming up. We go through our warm-ups. Um, it's a little discombobulated because, well, some of the kids who had stayed close to the easy up, like I said, some kids wandered off. And just, you know, it, it's kind of cool because there was like seven fields going on on this campus. There's so many different, you know, food trucks and, and different things. I want to say it's like a festival, but it kind of feels festival-ish like, right? So kids just kind of wander, and we gave them that freedom too. So when we called everyone to uh, to come warm up, not everyone was there. So that's, I think, like one of the first red flags is like not everyone was there to warm up around the same time. Kids are kind of filing in late, um, taking their time, putting their cleats on. And that's, you know, honestly, it's something that kind of, um, bugs me a little bit, but at the same time too, like I know a lot of these kids because it's a club team, we don't get to see these kids through the week, you know, Monday through Friday, they just show up on the weekends for practices or the tournaments and that's it. And that's the, the most interaction we get with them. So it is to be, can be challenging as far as changing their habits and change and establishing a culture really with this club team, because really they're established by their high school team's culture. Anyways, we warm up. We have our first game around 5:30. We're watching the first team play in front of us, and um, the energy's levels down, man. It was like this one, one of our other tournaments too, a while back, back in February. Um, and actually, I think it was actually the last weekend of January. Regardless, though, our energy level was really bad to start, and I had a bad feeling. I was trying to hype the kids up as as best as I can, um, and the other coaches were pitching, playing their part as well. And our game started at 5:30. We played this really good, fast team. They had a, you know, I think they had definitely one linebacker who was a at modern day. I'm assuming you know, he probably has some stars to his name. And a couple of the DBs and receivers they had were extremely fast. So really talented team, uh, up and down their roster. And it seemed like our kids were intimidated. And it was the type of team they were to play very relaxed and almost like they felt like they weren't taking it serious because of their skill level. And it really intimidated some of our kids. Our kids matched that energy. They started jogging their routes, not trying super hard on defense, kind of lollygagging. And I'm just like, dude, this this is our game. Like, play our game. And I, I had a, the thing is with these tournaments, they're 25 minutes nonstop. There's no timeouts, halftime. So you don't get a chance to talk to them all at once. But this was the message I was kind of implying at the end when we lost, because we lost, I think, uh, you know, I don't know the exact score, but I want to say it was like around 32 to 14. And, you know, because we got off to an extremely, extremely slow start. So that was the message. Like, hey, man, why do we drive all the way out here? This was, you know, 40 minutes plus for a lot of you guys. I know, yes, we had to wait a long time and, you know, a lot of bullshit happened in the beginning. But come on, come out here, perform. Regardless of how their effort is, we got to play our game. You know, we don't stoop to their level. Don't, lead, you know, go by their example, yada, yada, yada. We played game number two on the same field against a, a, much, a, a team much more... What's the word I'm looking for? Similar in as far as athleticism. And we're competing back and forth. They get a couple more stops. They get an interception late. I kind of sealed the deal, and um, our defense wasn't able to get a stop. A lot of miscues. As a defense coordinator, I felt really, you know, shitty because, damn, like, you know, we couldn't really get stops in those first two games. So we're off to an 0-2 start at this tournament. And I'm already feeling very negative about the whole thing i'm already talking to myself in my head like man this is the last tournament i'm doing this year uh i just want to you know focus on the high school team that i'm coaching at and the baseball team as that season finishes up we still have a few more weeks of that it, you know it's a lot of my plate and for me to extend myself and, and do this but for these kids to come out with this kind of lackluster effort i'm telling myself right now i'm not doing this anymore i'm not doing this for the rest of this off season i'm done this is my last tournament it was that bad folks oh and two and we were getting embarrassed and um like I said, it was three games guaranteed in this tournament. The third game was a playoff game, though. So us going 0-2, we were the lowest seed. Um, but I think they gave the first four seeds a bye. 
So we're playing against like the two, or excuse me, the, like the five seed of the 12 total teams that I think are there. Don't exactly, don't quote me on the math. But anyways, we end up playing this team that I didn't think that was very physically dominant. But we play them right after our second game, and oh my gosh, energy is just different right away. First of all, the first two games were like on the backfield, on a grass field, makeshift, lines are barely visible, whatever. Now we're on the turf, the lights are on, it's still sunset, you can still see daylight with the sun, but now the, sun, the lights are on on the turf, it's a different environment, different feel, and right away, we get a stop on defense, and that kind of really just sets the tone, and everything kind of just snowballs in a positive direction like we're just constantly climbing we started so low after those first two games i really challenged the kids like hey who the hell's gonna step up it can't just be the coaches yelling on you guys to get excited to get amped to want to be here it has to be you guys too on the field communicating um playing with a sense of urgency that i didn't feel like we saw in the first two games well that was the complete opposite whatever they told each other as players they really locked in in game three and we won we defeated the team that was a higher seed than us. Um, they were kind of shocked. They looked very shocked. Although I think, like I said, athleticism-wise, we matched up very well with them. I like that we got that matchup first. And then, this game number five, or excuse me, four, we advanced to game four because we won that first playoff game. It, and now it's win or go home territory. It wasn't game three, but again, continuing on, right? Survive in advance, as they would say in March Madness, um, the, the men's tournament. Um we get a break right now. We're going to start game four right away, and we're going against the number one seed in the tournament. This team won both their pool play games, but they won by such a high score too, scoring margin, so that they, they deserve the number one seed. And wow, we played a fantastic game. It was, it was a game for the ages. I heard one of the parents saying um, that wasn't apparent for either team. It's like, man, this you know this team is a this game is a game for the ages. He said, and uh, that really kind of put me into perspective back and forth our defense got stops their defense got stops we had a couple stops on their two-point conversions um we got again a couple more stops than they did in our offense i think continue, scored maybe um I, I forget i forget the exact score because the scoring was weird at this tournament but everything was firing in all cylinders there was a moment of intensity where one of our players you know one of their players excuse me got in the face of one of our players you know words are said kind of like it always is at these seven on seven tournaments and i didn't see it but one of our players said that they punched said player in the jaw and so he got you know all up in someone's grill and was grabbing him by the shirt and had to be held off me myself and a few other players had to hold him off other coaches are trying to separate it from both teams um, the refs get involved no punches were really thrown other than that first punch that he said was thrown but we didn't see um, but it was just a large scuffle of kids yelling and people holding each other back and you know it looked a little sloppy to say the least nonetheless things de-escalate we finish the game our emotions are now at an all-time high adrenaline's going crazy we just had two of the most intense games we pulled off two of the most intense upsets now we're in the semifinals going against the uh I, I believe it's the four seed yeah because the two three was playing in the other game over there on the other side of the field we're playing the four seed um one of the students excuse me one of the athletes believe it or not is a uh, is a player at the high school team i coach at so and i have a couple players at the high school that i coach at on the club team so um there's a little bit of rivalry and jaw jacking going back uh, back and forth before the game starts nothing too personal but just you know playful and it's a great game it's a great game back and forth we get a couple stops um, we're hot on the offense to start i think we have a, a 14 to 7 type lead but then you know they kind of catch up and i believe at one point um it's it's 16 to 13 um, we have a lead and then they get a touchdown in the last like three minutes with a minute and a half left, our quarterback threw an interception. That sealed the game for them because interceptions were points um, for the defense that contributed to the score. So that was that. Game was over. They won. We made it to the semifinals, though. And I thought that was incredible after an 0-2 start. And that was something I really drilled. And that's something I wanted to share with this podcast and the listeners. Because despite the 0-2 start and my feelings of wanting to quit on this team and not wanting to do this type of shit and just feeling so defeated... Um, it, it, to have that kind of turnaround is just something immaculate. It almost makes you say, like, yeah, I think I believe in miracles type shit. And it, it, granted, it was small. We didn't win the championship. 
um, you know, it's very small scale. I'm not sure I might remember this in 10 years, right, after coaching so many different games. I think I'll remember this as long as I can. But to have that complete 180, to be 0-2, down in the dumps, everyone looks like they're feeling sorry for themselves, they're annoyed and flustered, not only at the events that took place that day, but themselves and the teammates and the coaches. Then to all of a sudden go into the playoffs, lights on, spotlight is on figuratively, and wow, we're playing on all cylinders. It's like a whole new team showed up. Everyone raised each other up um, to a different level. Leaders kind of <clears throat> stood out and really showed out on this club team. It was a really amazing thing to watch, and as a coach, Man, the adrenaline was so high. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. It's a little raspy because I was yelling a shit ton, man. It was getting loud. It was getting intense. Like, ooh, it was it was huge. And just to drive home, I was so exhausted driving home because, man, uh, I put so much energy into that. And I'm sure the kids did too. And so that felt great. And the moral of the story I kind of want to share with you guys is just as much as we want to have a negative attitude or be pessimistic or quote-unquote give up on things, you just can in life. No matter what obstacles you may be facing, you in life may be facing an 0-2 start, but that doesn't mean you can't turn it around and make some noise in the playoffs or for the rest of the season. Again, these are figurative speeches using sports, but you know what I mean? You could have a first couple bad months at work at your new job or at the new school that you're attending, university, if you're starting your own business, you know what I mean? You could have a really, really bad stretch, but you can't give up. You got to give faith because the amount of things, especially in sports, I like to use sports as an example, that could churn 180 on you and so quick too. Like, you know what I mean? I know sometimes we say progress is, is a spiral and it could take a long time, but sometimes those spirals and the ups and downs you get from it, sometimes you get one of those where it just shoots up and, it, and all of a sudden you're just a completely different person or your job, your business is a completely different business, you're a different type of student, father, son, whatever this role that you're trying to apply to this figuratively that I'm trying to reach to the listener in a non-sports way, things could change so fast. And you have to, I think that reminded me Saturday, you have to have hope. You have to have optimism that things can turn around for the better. You know, whatever it is, you lost your house, you got divorced, um, lost a job. I mean, we just coming off, you know, a few years off the pandemic in 2020. And so when you think about how many people lost their jobs and had to move and stuff like that then. But things can still bounce back. And, yeah, it might be longer than you would like. Obviously, we'd love an instant bounce back. You I mean, after game one, we would have loved to win game two. And we did it. And we lost. And we were down in the dumps. But things quickly shot up game three. And... It was just beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to see on Saturday. And it was a beautiful thing that I want to kind of remind the listeners to kind of just never give up hope. Remain optimistic. Optimistic. Yes, yeah, how I say that word. And um, yeah, so thank you for listening to that story. The last thing I'll say too with 7 on 7 that I was kind of getting at earlier. It feels very performative, man. There's some bullshit like celebrations at these athletes be doing because they see it on tiktok and instagram reel and you know so and so from a few years ago did it and this player that's committed to texas or usc did it to georgia you know all these high school players have little egos and and the the club seven on seven teams aren't ran as tight shipped as most high school programs usually younger coaches are running these type deals the referees are younger and it's just I don't know. I'm for it because I, I want the kids to express themselves. I want them to celebrate. But I think sometimes the celebrating becomes taunting, especially when you aim it at other players. Uh, specifically, one thing that I see a lot is, uh, you know, after interception, a DB will run it back with his teammates, celebrate, get loud, and they'll punt the ball. Just like they'll run up to the offense or an offensive player, maybe the quarterback even, and they'll just punt that shit straight up in the air as high as they can. And I just think, like, man, like, I don't want to say, I want to be one of those back in my day type guys, but I feel like back in my day, you know what I mean, if they did that shit, like somebody was getting socked out, like no one was letting that shit slide, you know what I mean, we were getting in the face of that people and then not only giving them the work with their mouth and, and maybe, you know, a couple of shoves here and there before we have to be separated, but I feel like on the field too, we're turning it up a notch and any chance we get, whether, you know, we're on defense or trying to reroute somebody or any chance we get, we're fucking, you know, we're giving you little, I don't want to say cheap shots, but we, we are making our presence be felt. You ain't getting away with that. 
taunting bullshit that I think sometimes happens and uh, in, in today's 7 on 7 world and landscape. Like, so like I said, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like an old head and be like, oh, my days were better, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to adjust, and these are things that I'm observing to the times now and to how football is now, until 7-on-7 seven seven football specifically is now, and the celebrations and the tauntings and the, the egos that come with it. It's fun, man, though. I enjoy, I'm a big fan of, you know, let the kids be kids, and uh, it, it's a fun sight to see, and um, I don't want more of it. Believe me, the, the little that I get and the little that I see, that's enough for me and my intake, but yeah. Um, I, I just, I do think, you know, this generation's a lot different than previous. So going on with the, the generational thing, we're going to go ahead and segue into the Bel Air show that I've been starting to watch after this quick sip of water, H2O. Not sponsored by anybody, but please do hydrate yourselves because the more hydrated you are, better you are going to function as a human being. Anyways. Going on with the themes of nostalgia and how things used to be, well, nothing better than to talk about the show Bel Air, which I just started watching on Peacock. So, shout out to my homie Mac, he was the one who first told me about this show. I saw commercials for it too, but immediately was turned off because I guess you can say I am that type of old person to really be anti uh, reruns and, and cheap, cheaply made reruns. Let's put that, yeah, in more into perspective. Cheaply made reruns. Fuller House, that's some bullshit. The 90s show, that's some bullshit. Um, these shows that are capturing, not capturing, they're using the the nostalgia and the good vibe feelings that we got from some of these older shows. And they're applying some of the same, not maybe not even some of the same, sometimes word for word, script for script, some of the exact same storylines that we see in, or that we saw, excuse me, in the previous show, right? Fuller House, in the first couple episodes, it goes almost exactly how it does in the original Full House. And it's just, you know, I forget their names. I think it's DJ's, not DJ's, Stephanie's kids or whatever. One of the kids from Full House now has kids and their kids are getting into the same shit they used to do. And it's like, fuck, that was stupid. Like, why are we remaking the same thing? It's cheap. It's cheap. And I like to think as a society... Fuck that. As a human race, we are not cheap. That we don't have such low, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but low standards of entertainment to where we could be captivated by that bullshit. It's the, they're selling us the same product, putting a little different wrapper on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's really what it is. And that to me doesn't fly. And so when I saw the commercials and the previews and the advertisement for Bel Air and saw that they were using some of the same names, right? Will Smith and Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv. Like what? I, I just immediately I turned it. I was turned off by it, like extremely hardcore. And so that being said, um, I did give it a chance because I, I finished a couple of shows that I was watching. Um, and it was, you know, just some there's a want for myself to check out some of the newer shows, right? And, you know, I'm still reluctant on watching stuff like Game of Thrones or some of the things that people are really into that, you know, I necessarily don't want to hop on the wave. But uh, I did want to check out Bel Air. I wanted to give it a chance. It's on season two, but I went back and watched season one. First two episodes, it's not a bad show. I'll say that. I'll lead with that. But I, I do think, I don't like how, not only do they use the same names and they use some of the similar situations, but it's a different show, right? The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that we saw in the 90s and early 2000s that would play on Nick and Knight when I was a teenager and, and tween and uh, old child, older child. That doesn't make sense. But yeah, you know what I mean? From that, from like 7 to 15, 16 years old, I would watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Nick and Knight is what I'm trying to say. And um, that show is a lighthearted comedy Fresh, uh, excuse me, Will Smith was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, he was a huge uh, comedic relief person, but so was other people too. Carlton was a dorky, lovable character. Um, Jeffrey was a butler that was, oh my God, he's, his comedic relief was amazing. You know, Ashley had her moments. Hillary had her uh, daddy's girl that, you know, is completely reliant on their parents spending, doesn't have much going on herself. 
Uh, you know, I mean, like there were so many good moments and good characters, and there was a lot of warm-hearted moments. There was a lot of life lessons. It was really cool. Like that sitcom was really ahead of its time, and you know, I think it's dope that you know it affected the culture of people my age so much that like someone like J. Cole would make a rap song about it, right? First things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. You know what I'm saying? Off the 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Um, and there's other songs too that I could list off that have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air references because that's how important it was to the culture. And that's how important it was to people of that era growing up and watching it, using the life lessons in it. And um, anyways, but this new show, Bel-Air, while they use the same names, like I said, same Uncle Phil, same sister or cousin Ashley, Carlton, Hillary, um, all these main players, it's a diff- It's not comedic. It's not lighthearted. It's not warm and fuzzy. Um, it doesn't even feel like there's life lessons in it. It, it almost feels like an intense drama. Like if, uh, I don't want to say Euphoria met Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but something like All-American met Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, also meeting a little bit of Euphoria, like a, ta- a small like taste of Euphoria, plus like, a, I don't know, it, it fits... I would say it fits, I say it fits the modern style, like teenager and young adult that they they type watch, but I really don't watch a lot of those shows, so I can't list a whole bunch of those shows off because I don't really care for too much of those. But like I said, it has that format, has that style, very over-dramatized. But like I said, because they use the same names and it's so different, I really don't like the contrast. You know what I mean? They use Carlton as the cousin, and Carlton's a dick, like straight up. He's a dick in Bel Air. He's like super competitive with Will. He doesn't like him. He does coke. Like he's a cokehead. Like he's legit. Like like the characters also around the show um, are like, man, Carlton, you need to go, you know, <laughs> go get a rehab and get your coke drug problem figured out. And I'm just like, bro, Carlton really is a like a cokehead in this fucking show. Like that's unbelievable. Um, and he just, I feel like my a lot of my gripes are towards Carlton, but there's some gripes to Uncle Phil as well. Uncle Phil kind of seems like this pompous, um, yes, he's the judge, right, that Uncle Phil was in the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but he's this slim, figured, uh, kind of m- mysterious, or maybe stoic is also another word, um, but he, he does come off as a little pompous, a little maybe over-righteous and, and overzealous and and um, very mellow, and maybe not mellow, but he's just not very expressionate, like old Uncle Phil, the original Uncle Phil was, and then, because he's also running for, um, at least in the first two episodes, one of the storylines is he's running for district attorney, he's a judge running for district attorney, Um, he has his campaign to worry about, and he's kind of publicizing himself, and there's a scene where, like, he's on Big Boy's radio show, and people are calling in questioning about the money that he's sitting on and and there's a lot of questions about his money and how much he's making and why isn't he donating more to the black community that type deal so he comes off as this like very i don't want to say shady shady's not the word but he's like almost disconnected right like disconnected maybe again going to a word that i used earlier performative you know what i mean like he's a judge and he's a black judge running for district attorney but things don't feel genuine when he does or says things. And like I said, too, he kind of seems pompous in the household. You know, obviously, I know the original Uncle Phil, too, rejected Will in a certain type of light. But this one seems more like standoffish. And like I said, just very performative. Not a huge fan of the Uncle Phil and Carlton characters. Even the Jeffrey character just feels like it doesn't fit in this one. Like I said, I'm only two episodes in first episode was an hour and the second was 45 minutes so after almost two hours of this show uh, i'm not a fan of a few of the characters um carlton's also a lacrosse player i like that you know i like that he's a lacrosse player he's a jock guy um but the fact that he's such a dick to will that uncle phil's so um not welcoming that's i think that's another way to put it too he's just not as welcoming as original uncle phil i don't understand what jeffrey's role in this is yet um I'm not a fan of that. If you're going to make something different, use different names. I, I like the Will Smith, right? And and maybe you have a couple similarities, whether it's the cousins' names or I don't know. But I just feel like if you're going to go a different angle, maybe it's not Uncle Phil. Maybe it's Uncle, um, I don't know, 
Uncle Gerald or something, you know what I mean? And instead of Aunt Viv, it's Aunt Valerie. You know what I mean? You could just make small changes. You could even, you know, use a name like Daisy or I don't know. But just you use these different characters, right? You establish these different characters that it's different from the original show. Why are we still using the same names and the same likeness of the Beverly Hills Prep Academy and some of the things that are draw parallels, but they also don't draw parallels to the old show? So that's my gripe. I think I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but that's my feelings on the first two episodes of that show. I'm going to keep watching. Um, I'm glad, like I said, it's not a cheap ripoff like Fuller House is. I'm going to keep ripping on Fuller House to the day I die. I think it's a terrible show, an excuse for a show. And um, yeah, on to the next little segment after a quick water break. Last segment before we get into the song of the week and the existential thought of the week. And I hope you guys are excited for those. Um, so last Tuesday, we, a high school team that I'm a part of, we had a scrimmage slash joint practice at the high school I used to play at, the high school I attended. And it was really cool because the head coach that I played for is still there. A couple of buddies that I played high school football with are coaching now there. And uh, another buddy who I just met through, uh, community college training and played seven on flag football with as an adult he's also coaching there so I, I know about five coaches there on that coaching staff um, I went there it's cool to always go back to your high school and kind of see what it what has changed and um, it was really cool for me because I feel like so a little backstory there was a decision that had to be made last year when I was looking for a new high school to coach at it was either coach at this high school that I'm at now or the high school that I attended when I was a, you know, high school player athlete. And, you know, it was a tough decision because I'm interacting with my old head coach and I wanted to lean that way. But I also met this other coach who I'm now working for now. And I heard some great things in our interview. I liked the, the gospel that he was preaching. And, well, I ended up choosing the high school that I'm at now and I ended up, you know, turning down the you know, my former head coach's offer. And, you know, at the time, I was a little, what's the word? Not judgmental, a little, just a little timid. I wasn't sure I made the right decision. Um, I was second guessing myself a lot. And we did this last year where we had a joint practice and there was also a tournament there. And, you know, I definitely felt good going back to the high school, but I didn't feel as good as I felt this time. I think because I had more insecurities, because I wasn't in love with the life I was currently living and, and the job that I was at during the daytime, or I was actually working overnight at that time. So I wasn't happy with certain things in my life. And this time around, not only am I, am I coaching at this high school that I'm at now, I've grown tremendously, not in just the football wise aspect, but as a, a leader of men, as a, as a teacher, I have a different job, different opportunities have come my way I've just grown so much as a person to the point where I feel super confident I'm just loving the journey that I'm on right now and I had so much pride and the biggest smile on my face when I went to greet my old head coach and then some of the buddies that um, are coaching there now as well as assistants it was just beautiful it was one of those moments where I can see how the state of mind that you're in, whether you're in a depressive mind state or maybe an anxious one, um, you know, there's different, and those are the you know first two I come to mind, right, because they're the more popular ones, but there's different mind states you can be in, and I think there's a difference between thriving and surviving. I think last year at this time and just during much of the summer too, like I was just surviving, and at this time, this year, I feel like I'm thriving a little bit more. I'm not going off of these survival skills and, and pulling things that I, I had to last year. And it just felt great. And overall, I feel more pr proudful of my work. I feel more confident in myself, my speaking abilities, and my charm. I, I, I feel like I'm blossoming, if that makes sense. And... It was really nice to see my old head coach and make those conversations and joke around a little bit with them and communicate with, like I said, some of the assistants that I played with and 
buddies that I've known and try to establish somewhat of a relationship as we, you know, go into an adulthood. And um, all that to say is I'm really proud of myself. Maybe I don't hear it enough because um, I do live away from my you know, parents. I've moved out and, you know, no one... I feel like as an adult, you have to tell yourself that a little bit more because no one's going to tell you that like you were when you were a child or when you were a student because you always had teachers or coaches, principals, parents, uncles and aunts telling you that. And I feel as in like an adult, that kind of slows down. It doesn't stop entirely, but it does slow down. And um, I'm going to tell myself because I'm not going to wait for anybody else to tell me that I'm proud of myself and the decisions that I made in this past year. Well, not all of them, but some of them, most of them. And um, like I said, our man, I'm really thriving in this moment, enjoying these moments, the, the life that I've kind of created for myself and hoping that I can continue this for as long as I can, understanding that I have to be flexible like water. As the great Bruce Lee said, sometimes water crashes, sometimes it flows. Be like water. So, yeah, just wanted to share that. I think... That's kind of all I'll say. You know, the team did really good, too, as we played um, the old high school as well. And so it was competitive. Uh, I feel like that's always cool, to too, because, you know, if you're going up against your old head coach, especially if you played for a great program like I did, you know, I don't want to say you want to one-up them, but you want to show them, like, that, you know, you took lessons from his program as a player and you can apply that to another program and take them to new heights and and new levels and, and so yeah that was really cool that will end that so now we have the last two segments of uh the episode again this is episode two of my mike and i late night sessions it's april 9th as i said earlier i did go on a nice sunday evening drive it was easter so i felt like there was a couple cars on the road because they were getting back from wherever they traveled to for the easter holiday but uh, I was just cruising, not really, didn't have a destination in mind. I ended up at the beach, uh, you know, walked on the sand a little bit, walked on the boardwalk. It was really cool. Hermosa Beach over there, um, kind of by Torrance, past Torrance in that area. Really nice, really pretty there, really enjoyed my time. And one of the songs that came on was Extinct by Reason, Isaiah Rashad, and J.I.D. Now, this is off the New Beginnings album. That reason dropped, uh, I want to say a couple years ago. It might have been 2020. It might have been 2021. Anyways, Reason's one of the, uh, I don't want to say newer because it's already been like five years, I want to say. But he's still one of the newer artists that TD signed in the past half decade or so. And um, I really love him. I love a lot of his music. And this song, Extinct, is so good, man. There's so many beautiful wordplay in the lyrics between reason isaiah rashad and jid the three artists really go to town and the one that i the one bar that i'm going to highlight was jid's opening uh verse or excuse me his opening lines in his verse he's the third verse in the song and so jid starts off with look i used to ride through the six with my boys kicking your door but he kind of holds door to where it rhymes with this next line quote, psychoanalysis, I feel like Sigmund Freud, so you hold the door, can I make that door, and Freud, and I, I, you know, I'm probably doing no justice to that rap lyric, but man, it goes hard, um, because for those who don't know Sigmund Freud, I actually really don't know his official title, but I know they study Sigmund Freud in psychology, and so, in that opening line, you know, he was saying, he, he just, again, quote, look, I used to ride through the six with my boys, kicking your door, psychoanalysis, I feel like Sigmund Freud, you know what I mean, um, I just feel like J.I.D. really went ham on that quote, and there's a couple more that I wanted to share, but I think for this segment, just to keep it kind of short and quick, we're only going to go uh, one line uh, that I really, that stood out to me, the listener, so yeah, that's the song, Extinct by Reason, J.I.D. and Isaiah Rashad off the album New Beginnings. Go check that out, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful fucking song. And last but not least, it's the existential thought of the week. Folks, I hope you're ready for this one because I 
was thinking about what I'm going to do for this segment going forward. Um, obviously, I had something already that I was eager to say. This thing, this week, I didn't have like feel like anything was really kind of like jawing at me like I did last time. But regardless, I did some research uh, before I started recording, thinking about what I'm going to talk about during this segment. And here's the existential thought for the day. <clears throat> Quote, real generosity towards the future lies in giving all to the present, end quote. So one more time, quote, real generosity towards the future lies in giving all to the present, end quote. That was said by Albert Camus. He was a French philosopher, wrote a few books. Um, definitely kind of want to check out some of that stuff just based off of that one quote. Kind of interesting. What I took from it, and why I'm going to use this as the existential thought of the week segment. I think a lot of times as humans in the society, you know, it's good to have goals. But sometimes we're getting so caught up in our goals and in the future, in these moments that are supposed to, quote unquote, bring us happiness, right? Whether it's our dream job, we make a, a certain amount of money, a dream car, that's what's going to make us happy. That's what's going to bring us joy, that we lose focus on the present and sometimes we become unhappy with the present we don't put all that we can to in the present we sometimes ignore the present and fixate in our minds on what a great future we could have but by doing that by taking away from the present you in sense hurt your future and I hope I'm making sense to the listeners at home to really invest in having a better future. You got to go hard in the present. And that's one thing I really want to emphasize to my students, to my athletes, the people that I work with and work around. You know, I I don't want to say I live a, a great life, but I think I have it pretty good compared to some of my friends and just not even compared to anybody really just for my own standards and expectations and, and values, I feel like I have it pretty good. But I had to work so hard in the past and and give so much to the present at jobs that, that I didn't like, at companies with bosses that I may not have agreed with, um, wrote out the tough days, the days that I had to bust to school because my car got stolen when I was in community college. And had to do that for like a few weeks in the semester. You know what I mean? Like I gave so much to each present moment. And there were sure, I'm sure there was like anything. There's an ebb and flow. And there was times where I wasn't. I was too obsessed with the future. I was too obsessed with what I didn't have. And I think last year going back to what I was talking about. And going back to my old high school. And kind of seeing that and how I felt compared to last year around the same time doing the same thing. You know. I, I started putting everything I had into that summer for the football team. And then I started, you know, working for the school districts and started putting everything I had in there. And things really have situated myself. I mean, going back to my first jobs working with students, man. I mean, I, I kid you not, bro. Like, it's weird for me still that I work with students, not only in the mornings, but, you know, I coach too. Because I didn't see myself doing that. You know, when I went to college, I didn't have that vision. I didn't have those desires or wants to work with teenagers or students in any type of fashion. And after, you know, I was doing some internships and some part-time jobs, but I needed something more steady. And I ended up working, you know, an after-school program uh, Monday through Friday um, in, in a Garden Grove. And, dude, that was my first job ever working with kids. And right away, I kind of hit it off. And I felt like, it was for me. And from the very get, I was giving those kids everything that I had because, you know, Garden Grove isn't a city abundant with resources and are abundant with great role models and abundant with different things that I feel like I could provide from my experience in my life and the different trials and tribulations that I've overcome. And yeah, and I just went hard for each of one of my students that I could at least, you know what I mean? And, and I was growing not only as a 
mentor, as a person who works with uh, uh, children, but as an adult myself. And there was a lot of self-growth being made. And I am the person I am now because of it. From the time I got my job in 2018 working with kids till now, to 2023, you know, Mar- or excuse me, April 9th, like, I am a better person today because of all the things that I work super hard in in the moment. And, you know, I guess for my existential thought of the week, what are you doing in the present to kind of secure yourself to have a better future, the future that you want to live? Don't be so fixated on the result of whether you get to the future or not, but more so the effort and the attempt and the day in, day out, the little things, right? Are you tedious and particular about the little things each day to set yourself up with success in the future? And so that's the existential thought uh, of the week for you guys as listeners. We're at the 51 minute mark. So I think that'll but that'll do it for this podcast episode. Again, I am Noah Alvarez. This is the Mike and I late night sessions. I uh, don't know how freaking I'm going to do this, but whenever I have the urge, I will definitely put an episode out for you folks. And, you know, when I was recording, when I started recording, I was like, oh, yeah, this will probably be 20, 30 minutes. Shit, we're already on 51 minutes, man. I guess your boy likes to talk. <laughs> um, as always, I ask that you like, subscribe, and follow the podcast if you made it this far. I mean, you already made it this far, man. Just hit that little button. That obviously means you like something that you heard today. And, yeah. Still tap in with the front row seat. Still tap in with the Sip of Crime podcast projects that I'm a part of. Uh, Sip of Crime with my buddy Mac. And a front row seat podcast with Jacob. Hopefully we record this upcoming week. And we could be more active and consistent on that podcast feed. But other than that, man, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, fantastic, stupendous, tremendous, all the big adjectives. I hope you have a great week. Um, it's the third or second week of April now. Um, continue to smash your goals, set new ones, be good to yourself, make time for yourself to have healthy hobbies and healthy ways of kind of um, not escaping, but just healthy ways of kind of winding down like tonight was for me with the drive. So, yeah, that being said, love you guys and have a wonderful rest of your evening or night, or day, whenever you're listening to this. Peace.